Welcome back to Awakening Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant, and joined with me is my beautiful wife, Erica, the Weaker Vessel. Hey, y'all. And this episode is special because we have the OG rebel with us, P-Nate. Hey, hey. And his lovely wife, another Weaker Vessel, Colleen. Hey, (laughs) y'all. Who's thoroughly getting Americanized. That's exactly yeah. right. She Love has, the y'alls. She <laughs> has assimilated into American ways. Yeah. Just the good true. ones. Hey, and, y'all. and girls. Girls. Yeah. So if if so you would like to get... language. Sorry. Go ahead, Grant. Do your thing. <laughs> so if you'd like to get to know more about Awakening Reformation podcast or the Rebel podcast, where P-Nate is from, you can go to rebelliancemedia.com. And P-Nate here has teaching series through eschatology there's blogs and articles from all of us including ben and andrew emery on there uh we have a patreon if you want to donate financially to our network here that would greatly help us to continue to do what we do here but if you want to give us money push pause go do that and then come back to this because you probably won't want to give us money after this that's that's an incredibly valid point so let's just hit pause So, show. <laughs> so again, we're on social media, rebelancemedia.com. So go check it out if you want to find out more. And tonight we got in studio VB with us, Nate and his wife, Colleen. They're visiting us from Canada here in New York City. All the way from Canada land, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. We came down from our igloo. That's right. Uh, we <laughs> parked the dog sled just outside <laughs> Fort Hamilton. They found a sitter for their wolves. And <laughs> yeah, white fangs outside. That's <laughs> right. Was it Balto? There's yeah, a Balto. Balto. <laughs> there's a Balto right. statue in yes. Central Park. So that's why. Right. Yeah, yeah, there is. Nice. Yeah. But that's you know when I think of yeah. wolves and wolf, other than like you know white fang. That's the only one I know. Call of the Wild? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Call of the Wild. wild. There's the one with Liam Neeson, too, where he's... uh... Did his dogs get stolen and he needed to get them back? (laughs) Taken. Wolves. (laughs) Wolves, colon, taken. Yeah, no, it's called something gray. There's something gray in it. Yeah, that's right. It's all about wolves, right? Yeah. I want to say knife fights a wolf, but... Probably. <laughs> of course so he, he wins. <laughs> he has a very special set of skills. <laughs> we of, learned about Liam Neeson I was going to say, speaking week. of Liam yeah. Neeson. Yeah, so let's start that off, huh? Speaking of Liam Good Neeson. segue. Great segue. That was unintentional, yeah. which means it's the best kind of segue. <laughs> but you're ruining it. <laughs> yeah, when we but talk you, about it, we ruin yeah. it. But that's the best one. segues are always pointed out. Because um, <laughs> um, then you look pretentious. Anyway. So we went to the Museum of Natural History, which if any of you have seen the movie Night at the Museum. Grant and I slid down the banisters like uh, Ben Stiller. We did not. Not. Because the wives wives would have walked a different direction and and disowned us. It was hard enough as Grant and I were giddy through the museum (laughs) to keep our wives with us. But okay. But yeah, Night at the Museum, this is the one of the most famous museums in New York City, right next to Central Park tons of people every time we go whether it's a weekday or not yeah it was a weekday and it was and raining. the waffles were phenomenal yeah side note super great food. dingus 
food truck outside. Yeah, Yeah, dingus. Incredible food food truck outside. This this the theme of the week, by the way. Bunny trails upon bunny (laughs) trails upon bunny trails. It's fantastic. The Museum of Natural History. Take it away, Grant. So there's there is a wing in the museum. That covers space and astrology, cosmology astronomy, type stuff. Yeah, yeah astronomy. Science. And the the structure of it is kind of a whirlpool, I guess. And <laughs> it's like looking into like Macbeth's three witches' brew. Yeah. And um, but at the top was a theater that we were able to watch a short video about how the whole universe. Yeah, it actually said like began. if you've ever wondered about how the universe began. You go in and you right. watch a four-minute video, and lo and behold, Liam Neeson will explain it to you. So we, we thought, man, yeah. he's got a special set of skills yes, <laughs> to help does. get his daughter back. One of them being <laughs> an incredible voice. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he narrates this thing. It was funny because like, during it, I'm like, man, is that Liam Neeson? And then we're all like, yeah, that's Liam Neeson. And then afterwards, like, voiceover by Liam Neeson. Like, yes, it <laughs> yes. was. Nailed it. Yeah. Wait, he did Mufasa, right? He in did Lion Mufasa King? in Lion King, and he yeah. also did Aslan in mm-hmm. um, Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, the, yeah. So just, just because you played so he's a the, lion. the Jesus character in in uh, in Chronicles of Narnia <laughs> does not give him the authority to tell us how the universe began. True, True. Story, but and also apparently he's really good to make lion voices. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. He... If anybody ever wants to make a movie with a lion that talks, Liam Neeson's Liam great at it. Guy. Yeah. yeah. But he narrated a four-minute video about the, the origin or- of the universe. Right. And everyone has to watch that to walk through the exhibit. Like, that is the end. Yeah, you start True. there, and then it says it starts you on a 14-billion-year journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, it starts with... It's it's called the uh, the Big Bang... Mm-hmm. Theater. Theater, yeah. The Big Bang Theater, that's mm-hmm. right. And so, it talks about the Big Bang. And, what like... We're all just sitting there, and Grant and I promised our wives that we wouldn't, you know, hand out rebel pamphlets or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Or get us kicked out. Or get us kicked out. But, like, (laughs) you're sitting there, and, like, there's so many truth claims being Mm -hmm. um, espoused. And, like, so Liam Neeson, at one point, and I think we all joked about this afterwards, he's like, about five billion years ago, we observed that the uh, expansion of the universe sped up. Yeah. We're all like, really, Liam? Like, you observed that? Like, wow, that's what amazing. What test tube was that in that <laughs> that, that happened? You know? like, like, unless you're looking at in, in a crystal ball, like the whirlpool yeah. watching your video in. Like, this is like five billion years mm. ago, we observed. And I think like any rational thinking person should pause pause the movie by Liam Neeson at that right. point and just say who observed like and what are you observing and we're walking around and saying like it's showing us like 13 billion years 12 billion years 11 billion years and it's showing us like up till yeah. present time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just look at and this is what I would I would say to anybody who's listening look if you're ever there look at the image and then look at their description of it and the confidence with which they say say what they're looking at mm-hmm. And there's no there's no scientific evidence that jumps them from one thing to the other, right? There's no it's it's all truth claims, and so they would yeah. look at us and say, like you archaic Christians who believe mm-hmm. that God said let there be light, like you just believe that, mm-hmm. like well you believe Liam Neeson when he talks about like the background microwave of the universe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so smart sounding though, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, with his accents, I mean it's obviously, true, right? But, yeah, like the the truth claims that are being proclaimed there with with just no observable scientific yeah. method, and that's the point. Like 
who observed. You yeah. didn't observe. You weren't there. Mm-hmm. Like Liam Neeson, as cool as you are, like you're not five billion years old and you didn't observe anything. So like yeah. your truth claims are no different than a biblical truth claim. That's just, are we going to take Liam Neeson's word for it or yeah. the word of God? Yeah. P- pick your faith. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. pick your faith. And, and, you know, you're pointing out how confident they are in their truth claims, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure may have been taught this by the TV show Big Bang Theory. But but they're called, like, theoretical astrophysicists yeah. or mm-hmm. theoretical physicists. Like, it's in all their, theory. Yeah, it's all theory in their job title. And even at the museum, they still called it a theory in one of the placards the explaining the thing. But then in the video, it's not theory. It's, it's matter Safety. of fact. Mm-hmm. This is what's happened. Yeah. And, and um, you know, we know just from the diversity in our world here, you know, we, of course, we believe six-day creation, that God created all of us, and he created this beauty. He created this diversity and the beauty that we see. And they're looking out at stars going, well – this galaxy is further apart than, you know, these two. And so maybe that's when it's sped up. Or they're just doing random mathematical equations to go to, to make up this stuff. Right. But we see so much diversity here anyway, too. And it's it, it, it's made up is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Is they're just making up stuff to further um, support their worldview. Right. To deny and, God. And there's no there's no framework right like that's the biggest thing that you Mm -hmm. you get like there's such a hollowness and we were looking at like in the museum of natural history which was like phenomenal and we saw some really cool fossils and and skeletons and stuff but like you remember the the tree the dinosaur like tree and it shows like you know where they evolved from what and like (laughs) <laughs> there's this one line up the side and it says like modern day birds <laughs> like, like that was the it, end like, it's like from velociraptors to modern day birds and it just like but you're looking at this tree and this is this is the problem like people just don't think critically they look at something like that and you're like oh like some scientist mm-hmm. figured out this this tree mm-hmm. and grant and i we were looking at the a few of the skeletons at one point and i think you said like i'd love to know how many of these are casts like mm-hmm. you know what i mean so you look at some of these things and like there's there's 250 i'm just throwing out a number there's yeah. 250 um bones that are involved in this particular skeleton you look at it and it's like oh like seven of these were dug up and we've recast the rest of what we think it might look like right well like th- this is the basis of you making that tree that talks mm-hmm. about velociraptors right. turning into modern day birds yeah and like these are the kinds of faith leaps that you take and then yeah. and then many scientific people will turn around and look at the faith leaps that christians make mm-hmm. and say man what a bunch of like cavemen like, look, <laughs> yeah like look at the mm-hmm. holes in your science yeah. man it's ridiculous and they still have to throw their shoulders up when you go okay where did these random chemicals that the particles the, yeah. that the we're Big looking Bang... at it every step of the way like 30 13 billion years helium yeah. turned into this like where did the helium come from where did that come from? Yeah, like, like how does this just and none of them will say that the universe itself is self-existing. Right. Right? Because our argument is that the God we believe in is self-existing. Yeah. He didn't have a beginning, he has no end. He is uh, self-sufficient and existing in himself. And then he created, you know, the universe outside, outside of, himself. of himself. Yeah. And but but no one will cuz things like black holes and what you know, the earth's breaking down and um, things deteriorate and all that. We would say, well, yeah, this is probably not self, you know, self-existent or self-sustaining. And mm-hmm. and even that tree, we yeah. were like, 
So, so we went, (laughs) that's right. Yeah. We went, we went from, you know, like some ooze and some like fishy things. And then finally, and yeah, it started at the hip socket. And then here's these dinosaurs, massive T-Rex, stegosaurs, brontosaurus, all that. And our natural selection, which, which supposedly picks the best. Sorry, Grant just did air quotes, which is great radio, by the way. Yeah. yeah, Fantastic. (laughs) Um, Natural selection is an air quote. So I just wanted to point that out. Um, And, uh, and then. And so natural selection has picked the best. And what we ended up with was a seagull. <laughs> Seriously. I know. Like the T-Rex <laughs> dies out, but natural selection says the seagull. If like we went, like yeah. the best predator. <laughs> the, the seagulls who like swarm your French fries at the beach. Like that. that's nature's right. pinnacle, right? Like though, that, that's the one that's going to yeah. survive. But we're nuts that yeah, a self-existent God... Um, just created all this beauty and this entire universe to just see how awesome he was. Right. And then like, that's it. The, the common street person can get that, yeah. but not everyone's going to get all your crazy helium and billions and <laughs> background, background microwave, microwave, whatever. Like, that like. was the craziest. Um, but I loved, uh, I, I can't even remember which of the three of you made the comment, but I remember like nodding affirming, affirmingly <laughs> <laughs> during the movie where he said like, at some point, Right? Yeah. So it's like at some point yeah. there was an explosion of of power or something, and somebody said like like God said, "Let there be light." <laughs> and I'm like, yes, that's exactly like so God's yeah. God's spoken word, mm-hmm. like His word that brings into existence that which does not exist. God says, "Let there be light." What would that look like? Like what like what what would infallible humans who are trying to observe and and write the math behind these sorts of things, what would it look like for us to, to look back through history and see this, let there be light? Mm-hmm. What would that look like? And yeah. I think, and I think that would look a whole lot like some sort of spontaneous, like explosion of stuff yeah. In, yeah. A, in a stuffless universe. Yeah. And I think that's what so many people forget. And I think, we get caught up in the math of like carbon dating and I'm not going to pretend like I'm a scientist and I know anything about carbon dating. Grant does. Grant, you can, you can talk about I'm carbon dating and the, okay, <laughs> like the, the half-life of uranium and, and all that kind of yeah, stuff. You no. can talk about that all you want to, but I would just say like, who cares about the dating? Let's just say, and I always ask the question, like if when God created Adam, mm-hmm. how old did he look? Right. Mm-hmm. He looked like maybe, I don't know, 20 years and 10 seconds old. Right. And so God created this mature universe for us to observe yeah. and to, to discover, but it was all supposed to start with him. Yeah. And like the minute you try to take him out of the equation, well, you're looking for the beginning of something without looking to the one who began it. And so you can't possibly make sense of the universe without it, without its orientation point. So the minute you make yourself the, the, the orientation point of your observing the universe, mm-hmm. you've lost the center because right. the center is the God who said, let there mm-hmm. be. Yeah. So, yeah. We had a great time at the museum. Yeah. It was this whole good. conversation actually happened at the museum, I think, too. Yeah. For, <laughs> we're, like, yeah. we're like, we're like, the microphones. This will make some great yeah, uh, podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> So if, if you're listening though and you and you do have some questions when it comes to like dating of the universe and well some of these scientists say some things that are that make a lot of sense to me. I did listen to a bar podcast. So Dwayne Atkinson does the bar podcast. We had him on as a guest. And he did an episode. He's been doing this a long time. Yes. Like what a vet. Yeah. Dwayne, and, I know you're listening, so good job, buddy. And and he had a guest on who's hobby is physics and i remember him talking about 
light years and and time when it comes to stuff that far away. I can't recite it now, but I remember it being helpful going, ah, okay. And I remember some things being made clear. So go dig into the Barb podcast archive and that might be really helpful. Just want to throw that out there yeah. to everybody listening. If you might be like, well, wait a minute. I heard someone say something that made a lot of sense. And you're just being dismissive. <laughs> right. And yeah, so uh, go dig that up. And that was good. And that was from a Christian perspective. So it was yeah. it was really good. The, the creation... Um research institute i want to say but uh go look at it it's like uh look at creation if you just google creation research institution at mount st helens uh cross politic had an episode where they had a scientist on from there as well okay. and like mount st helens they have a, a christian research institute mm. there and what's amazing is that they use a lot of the modern dating methods hmm. to look at things found underneath volcano eruptions at mount st helens and what's amazing is that things that they know, they know are like 50 years old yeah. are dating as if they're like a couple hundred thousand years wow. old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so just they're just a, showing like yeah. that your dating right. methods are off because you're assuming things about the early universe that we weren't there to observe. Like this is our joke about Liam Neeson. Five billion years ago, yeah. we observed. No, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't. Uh, like emphatically, objectively, you did not. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's another, uh, resource for people. Go check that out. Cool. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we will be right back. All right, we're back. We are continuing our time hanging out with Nate and Colleen. And as you can tell, we're having a really good time. So it's been a great week. Thanks for having us, guys. Of course. Very hospitable. Anytime. Anytime. Uh, you know what I don't like, though? What? what, <laughs> oh, what are you about to, like, oh, you know what really grinds yeah. my gears about the rights? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm glad you waited till we were recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What don't you like, sweetheart? I love of my life. Not having notes. I I don't like not having notes. No, I don't Eric, either. You just have to embrace this. So this is this, this is just the rebels like influencing awakening yeah, reformation podcast. Please tell me right? while we're recording. Yeah, yeah. they come into town like we're gonna record, right? We got we got no notes. Yeah. So what? So so Pooty, I know you're listening. Uh, I I told Grant and Erica that oftentimes we just show up and it's like, hey. What are we talking about today again? Oh. And Grant said, that sounds great. And Erica's head exploded. But, <laughs> but here we are. No notes on the page. No. Um, and uh, and so what we're talking about today, I'll, I'll just take over for you guys for a second. There we go. Please do. What, like what Erica decided that she was going to lead the conversation uh, about was, uh, <laughs> was about calling yes. and commands and what your calling is and how you know it. So this is a pet peeve. Because Erica said this was a pet peeve of yeah, hers. It's a pet peeve, it really so. is. And why I'm not too sure, because I think I am called to, to say this right now. I think I use those words. Okay. So Calling. so I feel Calling. like a pretty good place to start would be Erica, what grinds your gears about <laughs> about <laughs> about people saying I was called to dot dot dot. Ministry. Is not the 
the term called, because I think that's actually biblical, but I think how people use it is not often biblical. Give me an example. Like when people say, oh, I feel called to give my life over to this career or whatever it is. And like, mm. and then we say, but, but God's actually called you to be a wife and a mother and raise children. So you might feel called, but you're not. God's called you to something else. And we can know that because scripture commands you to something else. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so what's interesting is that we recorded a little earlier um, some stuff for the rebels. We were talking about Joshua Harris and, and some of the things going on with that. And like we all know there have been Christians who use the term calling or Jesus mm-hmm. told me or God told me as an excuse to do something that scripture would actually condemn. Right. Yeah. yeah something that's actually sinful. So uh, there, there are plenty of times when people use the term, I feel called to dot, dot, dot. And yet what they feel called to do is actually they're using calling as sort of an excuse to circumvent the plain teaching and commands mm-hmm. of scripture. And it feels very, like, almost emotionally abusive in some senses because what they're saying is I have this emotional thing inside of me that I I feel like God has given to me. And as Christians, we don't make decisions based on emotions. Like, yeah. a lot of what we do is, is, is actually, actually suppressing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Suppressing our emotions and doing the opposite of what we feel like doing. Right. There's actually a, there's a chapter in um, Living the Cross-Centered Life by C.J. Mahaney where he talks about uh, live your life based on what's real, not what you feel. Mm -hmm. And I think that's Mm -hmm. such a great phrase. And he basically says, like, you need to combat how you feel Mm -hmm. with the truth of Scripture all the time. And it's, uh, is it 2 Corinthians 10, right, that talks about... Uh, the weapons of our warfare is not are not carnal, mm-hmm. right? They're but they're powerful. They destroy mm-hmm. strongholds. We take every thought captive and make it ob- yeah. uh, obedient to Christ. And and so they're talking about your feelings and the way you feel. The thoughts that you have that are based on your subjective feelings actually need to come under the mm-hmm. jurisdiction of the Bible, right? Yeah. Come under the commands of Scripture. So how you feel actually have to. There, there's a process that needs to take place where you take the thought, the feelings captive and mm-hmm. you and you and you put your feelings under subjection to the word of God. Yeah. And so so calling we would all know, like, especially in this culture where feminism is on the rise and all mm-hmm. these sorts of things, there'd be plenty of women who would feel as though motherhood is a, a trap. Right. It's oppressive. It's oppressive. It's not what I chose for my life. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of women who would feel like they're liberating themselves. They're doing themselves, the, their yeah. like feminist duty of like freeing themselves from the bondage of motherhood yep. in order to, to, to pursue their calling, mm-hmm. right? Their potential, their true potential. Yep. And um, I think sometimes our perceived potential needs to be subjected to the clear commands of scripture. Right. So what is your call? Like if a Christian is using the term calling, it needs to be synonymous with command. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. It needs to be. What are you commanded to do? I know David Platt always says, um, if you haven't been called to stay, you've been commanded to go. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's like that's the the phrase is like scripture commands a whole lot of things of you. And if you just deal with like what you're commanded and you do those things, then Mm -hmm. that's your calling. What is your calling? I think it's uh, first Thessalonians. that talks about like. And what is your calling? Like, what does the Lord, what is the Lord's will for your life? And it talks about sexual purity, mm-hmm. right? It's like, what is God's 
will for your life, what is his specific individual subjective will for your life, then you'd be sanctified. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's it's not this like mystical calling that's, that's subjective from one person to the next. It's what all of scripture places as a responsibility on all Christians. And it, going postmill with it, it's kingdom building, right? So from garden to city, we're commanded to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, disciple the nations. And as men and women, that happens a little bit differently. But that's where we say, this is what God's commanded us to do. This is our calling. And then you devote and pour your life out in that work. And you can use that to apply it to your life and then ask yourself, okay, does this job or this job, right? which are one of those questions where people are constantly like, is God calling me to be a plumber or an electrician? Right. Right. Okay. Which one, based on whatever, your aptitude, abilities, schooling, life situation, whatever. Things going on in your life. Yeah. Which one is going to enable me to kingdom build? Right. Which one? Okay. Well, working on, you know, we're walking around Wall Street in this area and thinking about the stock exchange and, and, you know, New York is a place where, the more you can sacrifice, the quicker you get ahead. Mm-hmm. And obviously for you know so a Christian... Work, so working 80 hours a week is going to get you ahead more right. so than just working for Because if you're Not like, well... Kids, yeah, married. Yeah. So if I want to be a good husband and disciple my family, then I'm not going to be able to work 80. I'll work 70. Well, there's going to be another guy who, works who says work 80. So he gets ahead. Right. Um, but, it, but if, you know, God's calling on your life, which is king building, is put first... Then I, that's then that's not where I work. Then mm-hmm. God hasn't called me to work there if I'm not able to obey His commands, right. which are His calling. Or it might mean just sacrificing in your job and maybe not being the favorite in the office yeah. and just telling your boss, "I'm sorry, I can't stay late." And trusting God will honor that. Right. I've had to say no to a lot of random stuff that the army has wanted me to do yeah. or that my, you know, some of my bosses have wanted me to do. Hey, everyone's coming to this. And I'm like, sorry, my family comes first or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've disappointed them, but I'm like, I don't care. Like I, and I just trust God. And even if God doesn't still bless me on the back end or something, mm-hmm. I know that, that I've obeyed him and my conscience is clear. Right. Right. Rather than appeasing man. Right. And going to that extra function or signing up for that extra duty mm-hmm. or whatever it was, that, you know, that in that situation. That reminds me of uh, the book of Daniel, right? When uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are, are about to be thrown in the fiery furnace. Mm-hmm. And they say, like, our God is able to save us. Yeah. But even if he doesn't, we'll never bow the knee. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and there's that sort of, like, hey, look, like, God might honor <laughs> my decision to not work right. 80 hours on Wall yeah. Street, but even if he doesn't, I yeah. would rather be a, a, a husband and a father mm-hmm. after God's word than to be the guy who sacrifices yeah. my family on the altar of success and and gets the promotion on Wall Street or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, I think that's the thing. So, like, maybe God is calling you to Wall Street or maybe God is calling you to ministry right. or maybe God is calling you to whatever, but God doesn't call you at the expense of obedience to his word. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right? That's his calling is always subsumed in, right? Like mm-hmm. our obedience to his his very clear commands. Right. Yeah, and his commands are incredibly uh, serious and a very big deal. And I think part of what is your pet peeve, hun, is that you see people saying, oh, I've been called to, or this is what I've been called to, and we see it all over social media, and they're, they're belittling it. They're kind mm-hmm. of cheapening 
the idea of calling. And I think oftentimes, too, it's they'll say, God's called me to this, but instead of God calling them to build his kingdom, mm-hmm. it's they feel God's calling them to build their own kingdom. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and we, we've often said all the time, like, pursue your calling, not your potential. That was Matt Chandler originally. Uh, and But that's been really helpful. I mean, for me in the Army where they push opportunities on you, they push, mm-hmm. sign up for that, sign up for this, this will be your career enhancer, this will be how you get promoted. At the expense of your marriage and raising your children. Yeah. But then I look at those who who take those opportunities and I go, man, that sucks up all your time. Like I wouldn't be able to do family devotions or or you know be at breakfast with my kids ever because yeah. of because of what that job or that opportunity requires. Yeah, I'd rather promote slower, you know, because my my wife and kids come before that. And I would just encourage everyone listening that you know if you're you're at a crossroads of any sort pursue your calling not your potential so see what your god true calling yeah your true calling of being a christian a kingdom builder uh you know if you're married a husband first and how this decision right. crossroads will affect your ability to disciple your wife and be a good husband and then obviously if you're a dad or mom mm-hmm. the same the same way in order to do those things faithfully to God. You just, you got to do that and you're going to sacrifice some, some real opportunities. And even for, for like single men and women, because sometimes when we talk about kingdom building and having like babies and building the kingdom that Mm -hmm. way, it's kind of clear and easy to navigate. But when it comes to someone who's single, they think, well, I don't have a wife. I don't have any kids. How do I build God's kingdom? Like, what would you tell that person, the single woman or man? I would say, say a couple things. Like, I think so while we're while we're on this topic, yeah. like I feel like the can of worms is open. But like I think that there are a whole lot of I'll I'll be hard on the young men in particular. I think there's a whole lot of young men out there who would be asking these sorts of questions, like who am I called to marry, mm-hmm. right? Like who is who is God's like particular spouse yeah. for me? And I don't want to be unromantic here, but I I think God's calling you to get married to find like a a, a, mm-hmm. a woman who loves Jesus and marry her mm-hmm. and like don't get caught up on on who am I called to marry and who right like who Is checks the all the like yeah who's the one yeah. who's who's the who's my you know soulmate mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff it's just like no God calls you to be fruitful to multiply to find a woman mm-hmm. who who loves Jesus and you're actually gonna fall more and more in love with her the more you both fall in love with Jesus so that's the point mm-hmm. so I would say first and foremost to all the single guys out there who maybe are getting too caught up in this like follow my potential right like mm-hmm. who um, who brings out the best in me as a thing in our culture like who who makes me the best version of myself mm-hmm. like those yeah. sorts of things like that the Bible doesn't talk at all no. about that stuff or- like who makes you love Jesus more? Right. Like, how about that's a better, that's a <laughs> way better litmus test than like, who brings out my best potential? Who do mm-hmm. I want to obey God's commands with? Right. Like, yeah. there, there you go. Like, yeah. who, who would be a great mother to my children? You know, so you look at those kinds of things. So I would say first and foremost to all of those who are caught up in this sort of like, who am I called to marry? Mm-hmm. Like, forget that stuff. You're called to be married. Go find a woman who loves Jesus. I love uh, John MacArthur saying this at the Council for Biblical Manhood and Womanhood mm-hmm. pre-conference at T4G a couple years ago where he was like, hey, if you're over 30 and you're a single guy who wants to get married, like go find a woman at church who loves Jesus, yeah. ask her her name, and then ask her to marry you. <laughs> like yeah. I, like I, I laugh at that, but like, yeah, like yeah. go get married. Yeah. If you if you haven't been called 
to singleness, right? You've been commanded to get married, to be fruitful and to multiply. So I would say that first of all, but, Mm -hmm. but that's not to say that the only way you can build God's kingdom is to be a part of a a family, right? right? Mm -hmm. There are, there are those who are widowed. There are those Mm -hmm. who are single for various reasons who are Mm -hmm. infertile, who don't have kids There are all kinds of different reasons. And I think like in God's sovereignty and in his providence, we all believe in a sovereign God here. And we believe that God is able to bring good out of all kinds of difficulty. Yeah. And I think, so f- let me talk particularly to the to the infertile couple who, mm-hmm. who want to have kids. I think you have a beautiful, like read Ephesians 1 and dig into the beauty of being adopted into God's family. Yeah. Understand like the biblical doctrine of adoption and then recognize what a beautiful yeah. opportunity you have to actually adopt children. Yeah who would otherwise not know the love and mercy of God and go mm-hmm. adopt kids. Yeah. Right. There's one, there's one example, but also like for those, maybe, maybe it's a couple who can't have kids who are waiting to adopt or, or whatever the case may be. I don't mm-hmm. want to assume everybody's story. Maybe there's a widower who's out there, but also know that you've been uniquely blessed. Like yeah. <laughs> we're sitting here as a, as a couple of couples with a lot of young kids and that takes up a lot of our time. Mm-hmm. We don't have the same kind of free time that somebody mm-hmm. who is single or somebody who doesn't have kids has. You're uniquely gifted. You're uniquely called in this mm-hmm. particular mm-hmm. Um, right. phase of your life to have more free time to give to the church, to yeah. give to yeah. kingdom build them, to volunteer in different ways. Yeah. Exactly. And I would say, don't waste your that potential, right? Don't waste that. Don't Piper would say, don't waste your life. Don't waste your singleness. Mm-hmm. Don't waste your. He, Piper's quick to say, don't waste your cancer. I would say, don't. Don't waste your barrenness, right? Don't waste your infertility. Don't waste your singleness. Don't waste your whatever stage of life Mm -hmm. you're in. God's uniquely placed you in that, in that position as a, as a sovereign God. And he hasn't placed you there as a sort of waiting probationary period to get into when you can have a family and start building the kingdom. No, no, like you, you're called to build the kingdom where you are, wherever that is, whatever stage that's in. Yeah, we talked about in our last episode about the church and how everyone in the church is gifted with different things by the spirit to serve the body. That doesn't matter whether you have kids or not. Yeah. Um, whether you're single or not, the Holy Spirit's given you gifts to serve the body. Yeah. And and so you're either serving your kids and the body with kind of split time or you serve the body with mm-hmm. a lot more time. Yeah. All, all of it is super important. Mm-hmm. And um, and can be really helpful for the church. And, and, and as four building. parents in this room, I think we yeah. would all say like how grateful we are that we're part of churches where our kids have other father figures, mm-hmm. other mother figures, mm-hmm. other grandfather figures, other grandmother yeah. figures. Like think about how uniquely blessed the Christian church is to mm-hmm. be in an environment where you have multiple father figures in your life yeah you think about how many people are growing up without a father period and yet my son gets to grow up with a father but also with other fathers like fathers who are maybe a bit more handy right who can teach them how to change their own oil like whatever (laughs) or drum drum. yeah Yeah. exactly think about judah with like sam and jay Honestly, so our kids get to grow up in this beautiful thing that God's called the church. Yeah. You know, we're, we're quick even in the secular world to say it takes a village to raise a child. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, guess what? The church is that village. Yeah. And we get to we get to raise kids with a multiple, like a plethora of, like in all the ways that Grant and I fail, there are other men in the church yeah. who can show our, our kids how to be faithful in areas that maybe Grant and I struggle in, right? Yeah. Like that's beautiful. Yeah, it takes a church to raise a covenant kid. 
<laughs> that'll tweet. That, that'll tweet. That'll also make our episode three times as long. <laughs> <laughs> and like, how how beautiful is that? Like that God gives us the church where, you know, we've talked a lot during this week where we've been here mm-hmm. fellowshipping with you guys about our stories and our mm-hmm. family dynamics and all this kind of stuff. And so, you know, without divulging all of that stuff, like just <laughs> saying like, so that for, would make us three times but for those families who lament the fact that their their grandparents aren't as involved in the lives of their kids as they wish yeah like how amazing is it that God's given us the church yeah, right exactly. so our kids will grow up with grandparents despite the fact that our grandparents live yeah you know half a you know half a country away or yeah. whatever the case may be because God's given us the church yeah, exactly and like that single that single child that only child who would grow up with all the things that like psychologists would say oh only child syndrome like mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff yeah. like hey in the church no you have siblings you have brothers, you have yeah. sisters, you have aunts, you have yeah. uncles that you wouldn't have otherwise. Like, that's amazing. Like, what yeah. a grace that God has given to us. Absolutely. And so, like, just to bring it around, what we're saying is, is this amazing thing that we're talking about is what we're all called to. Well, that's exactly. One explicitly body. called to. And right. So mm-hmm. what we're frustrated with and wanting to talk about is when we get off track and start calling random stuff our calling. Building your own kingdom. Building your own kingdom and not focusing on what God has actually explicitly called us to holiness and to his church. Yeah. Um, was what the you know, New Testament has called us to. Grant and I have bonded a couple times over the past couple of days <laughs> while we've been here over Johnny Cash lyrics, right? Yes. And you think about, I mean, now granted, Johnny Cash didn't write it. It was Nine Inch Nails. But when he sung Empires of Dirt, yeah. or, that, no, it's called no. Hurt, right? Yeah, is, hurt. But the... But the lyric is, you can have it all, my empire of dirt. Yeah. Right. And there's this like reflection at the end of his life that everything that he's amassed, everything he's built for himself Mm -hmm. is just an empire of dirt. It has no lasting value. Mm -hmm. And Ecclesiastes would call that a chasing after the wind, right? right? Where we go to build our own empires. We go to, and like, like, it's been amazing. We've seen the Statue of Liberty. We've seen all these amazing Mm -hmm. things in this, in this city and yet you go through and you see all these fancy people in their fancy suits and there's like they've sacrificed at the altar of success or the altar of coolness of like yeah. doing life in New York. Yep. They've sacrificed these things and it's like at the end of your life, you've chased after the wind. You haven't caught it because mm-hmm. whatever you caught turned to ashes in your hand yeah. right? and it didn't create the happiness and the fulfillment that you were promised that the city would give you. And it's because that's not what you were called to. You you were chasing your potential and mm-hmm. not what God has commanded of you. God God knows better than we do, mm-hmm. like how life works in His world. And so He's given us these commands, and we have all these people who think that they're smarter and they're chasing after the things that they think will make them happy, only to find out, oh man, it's a vapor. It's here today, right. gone tomorrow. Yeah. How many times as a pastor have you met with people who are dying, and how many of them are like, man, I wish I just would have worked an extra. 20 yep. hours a week or whatever made a little I bit have more the exact money number in my head erica <laughs> zero <laughs> yeah nobody right and that's honestly and that's actually you think about that and you think about like some of the people that i've sat with and they know the end is there mm-hmm. and, and they sit there and they say you know i wish my son i wish my daughter would come and visit me but this is what happened 20 years ago we went our separate ways they're not in my life anymore mm-hmm 
and they're dying. Mm-hmm. And the only person they have to, to talk to is a pastor that they don't know, mm-hmm. who's loosely related to a relative of theirs who go, comes to our church who said, hey, so-and-so's mm-hmm. in the hospital. Can you go and visit them? Right. And you go and, and none of them are thinking, man, if only I had worked that extra little bit, if only I had like gotten that promotion that I never yeah. got. None of right. them are thinking that. They're all thinking about the ways in which they... And, and everything that they say is all stuff that we're commanded to do in Scripture. Right. Yeah. In terms of cultivating family and pouring into the next generation and building the kingdom of God, none mm-hmm. of them are saying, like, oh, pastor, let me tell you about the house that I'm leaving to my child. Like, yeah. it's, this is the square footage right. and this is the pool and this is the, like, none of them. None mm-hmm. of them are saying anything like that. They're all lamenting yeah. about the kids that they abandon in pursuit of some dream yeah. that was never materialized mm-hmm. or that they found and turned to ashes on their hands because yeah. it's not what God has said will make them happy, joyful, right? right? Or yeah. the women who never had children who gave their life to the yeah. career and now they're dying alone. Yeah. Right. And they're sitting there and none of them are saying, man, I'm so glad I never had kids. Right. right? Yeah. None of them. They're all sitting there like, oh, I can't believe that you know, some pastor that I don't know is the only guy who's here talking right. to me while I'm dying. Like, yeah. it, it's sad, but, like, people are very vulnerable in their last moments. Yep. And uh, and more people die thinking of the regret. And it's all mm-hmm. regretting things that God's word would have told Commanded. them to prioritize. Yep. Yeah, they're not saying, man, I really wish my photography company took off. Yeah, yeah. They're not even. I mean, that's like the one thing our our generation of like Instagram, Snapchat. Yeah, is is always everyone's a a daggum photographer. I'm so nobody. Nobody's ever said sat there and said like, oh, my last selfie only got like four (laughs) thousand likes. Yeah, Yeah, like oh, if only I had a few more likes on that. Yeah, if only I posted that one picture. Yeah, if only -hmm. if only only I got a. Only I used the. I can't even. Th- I was gonna use a, if I only I used the Valencia filter. I feel like a few more people would like that. Like nobody, yep. right? Nobody says that stuff because it's ludicrous. Yeah. When you're sitting at the end and you're looking into eternity, everybody is regretting the things that Scripture should have would have told them they should have prioritized from yeah. the beginning. Definitely. Yep. They all want to know that their life made some sort of eternal difference. Yeah. And the only thing that makes eternal difference is the one thing that God commanded all of us. It doesn't matter your potential. It doesn't matter your calling. God mm-hmm. said, like Jesus looked at his disciples and said, go make disciples of the nations. That's go right. get me my inheritance. That's all that matters. Right. And yeah. unless you your life contributed to that overall goal, you you sit on your deathbed with regret. Yeah. So heavy, but it's... I'm so yeah. glad you guys affirmed my frustration. <laughs> So, so Erica's pet peeve has become yeah. all of our pet peeves. So pursue your calling according to scripture and your not, true calling, your true calling and not potential. That's our bottom line encouragement. That's the big idea of this today. episode. Yep. That is our thesis statement. <laughs> so thank you for listening. Okay, thank so you, you guys gotta, for you being got, hold on. on. Colleen has something to say. Colleen needs to say thanks y'all. She's this been, is her big yeah, moment. It's her big Thanks, y'all. Yes. <laughs> we got really Colleen on and to say that. Y'all. <laughs> well done. Thank you guys for coming on. This was awesome. Thanks was for a- coming to New York to do it. Yeah, yeah. It was a long drive for this podcast. Yeah. Where, you know, <laughs> I don't think anyone's traveled that far to just be on the podcast We hope before. you don't feel underwhelmed <laughs> by our closet. Sure. You get to know a lot about us. I wanted the story of those hats behind it. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's that us is... pursuing our potential for <laughs> coolness. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the power of the Spirit. And until next time, get woke. Yeah. Let's start with the microphone check. One, two, first. Water to the dry and weary soul of the true church. The kind of things that few search. They say that the truth hurts. Well, this pain is gained, so let's explain the new birth. First things first, can't neglect this at the start. I must preface my remarks with the deadness of the heart. From original sin, the effects of the fall. The sin of our first parents brought death to us all. Since Adam was our federal head, what he did counted for us. In him were all rebels and dead. Yo, captured in the mind, disaster, sin and crimes in a Dark state, Alaska in the winter time, sour in our frames. Left to ourselves, we be devoured in the flames. Cause we're powerless to change. If you feel that way, I pray that you respond happily. As you see what Jesus had to say in John chapter 3.